Hi, Ashley here, letting you know that you can listen to The Twilight Effect ad-free on Amazon Music. You are listening to The Twilight Effect, an unofficial Twilight podcast. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Twilight Effect Extra Additional Episodes. Um, (laughs) We are (laughs) really excited to be here. It probably, for all of you watching, looks a bit different uh, than before. We are at my house filming because I have a newborn baby and uh, I'm still working out how to be away from her for long periods of time. I feel like part of it is I'm like, she can't be away from me, but I also have a hard time being away from her. So uh, we're filming at the house, but uh, we're super stoked to be here. We're excited that everyone wanted us back. They wanted more Mel. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what it was. (laughs) I think the funniest part is that we're actually both at your house because we thought it would be so cute to be in the room together, which Mm -hmm. is what we're all used to. And that was an absolutely epic fail because there's like, the microphones and the echoing and the whole thing. And so here we are. We made it. Yeah, we thought we were podcast pros, but we... We, in fact, are not. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's okay. We're here. We're going to do it. Um, I think this is going to be a fun episode. It's structured a little bit different. I feel like I'm going to be in the hot seat a little more. Yeah, you sure are. Um, We're going to actually... Well, first, I have a question. Okay. Do you have any, because we didn't really talk about it last time. We just like skimmed over the fact that you created a human in the time that we've been gone. Um, but we are so excited for the live that we had to just, you know, move on. But here we are. Mom yeah, life. We did kind How, of skim over it. We, we just like skimmed right over it. Any funny, weird, interesting, exciting baby stories? We want the juice. Well, she just gets very cute all the like cuter <laughs> by the day. So I feel like anytime I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I like look at her and she does something cute. And I feel like it's a defense mechanism by babies oh, totally. that they just do something and you're like, oh, it's totally fine that you woke me up at two and four and five and six. Um, <laughs> but no, she's usually pretty good. Actually, usually she'll give me like three hour stretches at night. Um, but there's like the random curveball that she throws in there as soon as I think I'm getting hang of it. Um, but she's been really good. Like we've knock on wood. We haven't experienced any of the like blowout stuff. Like she's like, I don't know. Everything's like working the way that it should be working. And it's Paul's coming. Like, the blowouts are coming and it goes all the way up to their back. <laughs> yeah. We, ha- well, and I'm like, maybe it's the diapers that we're using. There's a, there's, I don't know if you've ever heard of right now we're using something called, I think it's called rascals or little rascals, but like it's like it almost is going to come out, but it like contains everything. And I'm wondering if I'm sure I'm just like, this is all not going to happen. But I'm like, maybe they just made a diaper that now confines everything. Um, maybe. The likelihood is that she's so small, but she will get bigger and it's going to go almost she up grew, to her I neck. mean, honestly, the kid is every day she gets bigger. Yeah. Which Isn't I think it is, wild? Yeah, it's crazy. I just started watching this documentary on babies. It's like what babies know or something. That's how they're just a lot smarter than anyone gives them credit for and how they grow exponentially every single day. Um, but it's fascinating. And it's it's just, she's like now doing the thing where she's learning what her hands are and her fists are, but then she's hit herself in the face a couple of times, but I think she finally got to the point where <laughs> she's baby. like, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. Because um, she would like do it and then look at me and cry. And I'm like, you did it to your side. I hate you. <laughs> It's cute when they discover their feet too. Isn't it wild the moment you 
watch them realize they have hands, you're like, whoa. She's in the stage now where she's really fascinated by my, like, I'm like, literally you can, I mean, in this stage of her life, I'm like, you could keep a kid entertained just by having like white pieces of paper and black markers because they love the like contrast. And then like, I put my hand up to her face sometimes and just move my fingers. And she's like, whoa. And I did the like Star Trek thing. And she was like, (laughs) whoa, her eyes popped out of her head. Well, what she sees versus what you see is totally different. I'll never forget we have a video of Van in the sink because that's where you bathe them when they're little. Mm-hmm. And we have the water just running on the slight drizzle. And he's like, what the heck is this trickery? <laughs> like he could not, fit, but his like eyes crossed at one point. He's like, what is happening? <laughs> I watched something where they, um, again, in this documentary, I haven't finished yet, but they were discovering that like kids innately understand gravity when they're born. Um, because they were doing like these kind of like puppet shows, but then they like moved the block off what it should have been sitting on. And so it looked like it was just floating. And the kids were so fascinated and confused by the fact that this block was just like in in midair, um, which I thought was pretty cool. So it's been, it's been really fun. I mean, listen, it's like equal parts exhausting and exciting and wonderful. And like, (laughs) You're like, does this ever, does this ever end? And everyone says, no, you'll be tired for like the next 30 years. It changes, it evolves. So they become easier, but more complicated, but also the whole thing becomes more rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a trip, man. My goodness. But it's At fun to see you here. Renesme, and she's not growing at that speed. <laughs> one of, um, one of our loyal followers has the really messed up image of Renesmee as her profile picture. And it gets me every time I see <laughs> I saw a Halloween meme that was like, nothing will ever be as scary as this baby. Yes. I, somebody sent me that. I think it might have been her. It was so funny. So funny. Oh, she certainly is. <laughs> but she grew up so beautiful. Yeah. Anyways, on from babies. I think I mentioned this in the last one, in the last episode, but I think the most fun thing for me reflecting back on you know, the 30 episodes of podcast was seeing all of the, um, the fans reach out, you know, on my team, trying to get more episodes out of us. And they just love our friendship. And I think that that is probably the most special part to me because come on, that's why I'm here. But it's just, um, I love our friendship and I love that other people love our friendship too. I mean, some people just want us to talk about parenting or sit in a room with us while we talk about you know, what we do for fun. And yeah. so it is really, it is really fun and sweet to see. Cause I think it's so funny because a, a lot of my friends or people are like, they don't care about anything but Twilight. Um, and they don't want to hear about anything but Twilight, which obviously that's why we're here, but it is really nice to see that they're also personally like invested in us personally. Yeah. I love that. So in the spirit of everyone loving our friendship, I thought we'd flip the script a little bit and let you all in on how we got to this exact moment in our friendship and in the uh, in the podcast. What do you think? I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> I think I'm gonna, we're going to do a lot of reminiscing about our twenties. Oh dear, far before That's babies. <laughs> far before babies. Yeah, we waited a while. Oh, you know what? Sorry, this is going to happen. I'm like going back to my kid. Um, I swear she sees ghosts. <laughs> That's happening. <laughs> They're supposed to say that they can. Um, or like I say guardian angel, but she wakes up now and it's very cute. And sometimes she'll like, I'll like come in or look at her and she'll just be staring in one place and she'll be full on having a conversation and laughing. 
And then she'll <laughs> notice me and be like, oh, hi, welcome to the party. Um, so that's a new. I think I, I remember that face, actually. They say that as you get older and your defenses work their way into you, that you actually you create, cut off that. You cut off the ability to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what you said in the spirit. I was like, oh, spirits. Speaking uh, anyways, of spirits. <laughs> so way, way back, long before babies were ever considered. You and I became yeah, over yeah. Well, shots over shots of tequila running down an airplane ice luge. Yeah, December two thousand twelve at a holiday um, party that no one was supposed to be invited to, or guests were not supposed to be invited to. <laughs> no, of course not. But you're you, and Katie's Katie, yeah. and Katie was about to move in with me, and that was the night I yeah. I had a bow on my head and we were taking shots out of an ice luge. It was a good time. And everyone was just like, didn't even know what to do with themselves because Ashley Green was there. <laughs> like Alice Cullen is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Alice oh my gosh. Cullen is taking shots of tequila. Ooh. That was a good night. And then we proceeded Ugh. to a nightclub after that. Yeah. Those were the nights where you just didn't stop. Like at this point now, I'm like, oh, there's a holiday party. All right. I'm going to go when the party starts. We'll stay for like two hours and then we're going to come home and I'm going to be in my pajamas. And at that point in our life, it was like, all right, we're going to pre-party and then we're going to go to this holiday party and then we're going to go out to a nightclub and then we're going to pass out at probably 4 a.m. and then we're going to get up and have brunch. And, you know, <laughs> With like three hours of sleep, four of us in the same bed. Honestly, I look <laughs> at images of myself and not, just, I mean, after being out, but also just like taking red eyes and like, getting off the plane, going into hair and makeup, going to do like a talk show. And I'm like, I look great. I know, right? And now it's like, if I get seven hours of sleep versus eight, I'm like, I look like a train wreck hit me. <laughs> or like if I have like two cocktails, I'm like, well, my skin looks like it's the freaking desert. It doesn't it's last it. forever. No. You know what? But I feel like we did it right when we were supposed to. We enjoyed that time thoroughly. And now I don't, I don't miss it. I don't miss it either. But let's span before that. Because okay. we're going to talk about you. Like our friendship's good too. We're going we're gonna to work that in there. But I'm actually going to interview Miss Alice Cullen today. Miss Ashley Green. Um, so taking it way back, what made way, you want... Way, 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 way back. Like what made you want to become an actress? When did you want to become an actress? Did you know you wanted to be an actress? And what age was that? Like walk me through There's that. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so we're going way back when I was... 15 years old. Um, okay. So I didn't always know that I wanted to be an actress. I I honestly didn't. <laughs> right. We're, we're filming at my house today. Mel is in my kitchen and my husband just walked in and then like backstepped out of the house. We've taken over everything. Um, anyways. So, okay. So I didn't always know I wanted to be an actress. I didn't even know that it was an option. Um, grew up in Middleburg, Florida, which is like dirt roads and, and country, and then moved to Jacksonville when I was about 14. And, uh, and I, once I moved to Jacksonville, I started to understand that there was a lot more opportunity out there than what I previous, previously understood in Middleburg. Um, and, uh, I ended up kind of falling into it a, a little bit. My mom put me in these like, um, modeling, like a modeling acting kind of world. And, uh, I ended up taking or world <laughs> classes, um, to give me more confidence and to bring me out of my shell. Cause I was a very shy kid. And, uh, and I ended up taking a commercial class and just did 
very well at it and and it made me feel really good and um the same person that taught that class taught a scene study class and uh I ended up taking that with him his name was George and uh just really fell in love with it and was like this I don't know like it, it's one of those things that I was just like oh this makes me feel really good and I feel like I'm I'm good at it like there was a validation there um and I wanted to explore it it was kind of like this new exciting opportunity that I just had no idea even existed before. Like, I don't, I don't think I looked at, like, I was just like, Oh, cool. TV and movies. Like I never thought like, who are those people creating this for me to watch? And like, how did they get there? Because I also grew up in a household where like, we didn't get a lot of TV time. Um, so it really wasn't a big part of my, my life. Like we didn't, you know, the way that people love Twilight and are so invested in it. Like I didn't really have something like that when I was a kid. Cause like our, my world was just like go outside, play, make believe, create, you know, create fun. Um, that we didn't have these outlets to be able to kind of connect with in the same way. When did you, I remember you telling me that you didn't watch much TV. When did you start watching TV and kind of putting that all together? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, again, probably like more in my teenage years, like it was more so like when we were younger, my parents just really didn't want us to be sitting in front of a television. They wanted us outside and um, they wanted us to kind of create our own fun, which I agree with and I understand. Um, And it's probably really helpful for me now in the the career path that I chose. Um, But but, you know, it wasn't like we were like if we went to friends' houses and stuff, like we we watched TV and, and we were allowed. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was probably after like I took these classes and then I just remember like looking at like I remember then watching film and television and just having like this like light bulb come on of being like, oh, there's like all of a sudden I had all these questions about how they created these world worlds versus just sitting and watching it. Make it about more than just the holidays this year with the gift of health from Everly Well. Give the gift of nourishing vitamins and supplements and over 30 at-home lab tests like food sensitivity and women's health to help your loved ones get further on their health goals. Everly Well is a digital healthcare designed for you with personalized results and accessible tools for long-term health. With over 30 at-home lab tests and high-quality vitamins and supplements, you'll be able to find the perfect test for you or your loved one. Here's how it works. Everly Well ships products straight to you or your loved one with everything they need in one package. If you ordered an at-home lab test, the sample can simply be collected at home and shipped back to a certified lab in the prepaid envelope included with the test. Digital physician-reviewed results are sent straight to your preferred device in just days. If you ordered vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. It's so simple. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals, and now you can help your loved ones do the same. You know, we've talked at length about how much we love this because it is everything we just said is so true. It makes it so easy for people to really get a handle on their health. I think there's so many, like with my husband particularly, like he just does not like going to the doctor. It's like I have to like drag him in to get any kind of like blood work or lab work done. And so this was such a godsend because (laughs) I was like, here, look, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is follow the directions on this. We send it out. They send it back to you. Um, And uh, he really enjoyed it. There's so many things I feel like we have to do these days. There's dentists and doctors and you have kids and then it's their dentists and their doctors and dermatologists. And you add all these different things. It's so nice to just have something 
come to your door, mm-hmm. give you all the answers, and not only that, but then supply what you need straight to your door. The gift of health has never been so easy to share than it is this holiday. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash twilight effect. That's everlywell.com slash twilight effect for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash twilight. So we all know I'm obsessed with my Frederick Lou. Who is not obsessed with their dog? He's he's a love bug. Yeah. In case anyone out there listening, they're like, who is Fred? What? Fred is my doggy and I love him dearly. Oh, yeah. And and just up until three weeks ago, I was not entirely sure what breed he was. Yeah. Well, I, that's I mean, like Rosie was a complete mystery to me. I, I was just I kind of like made things up when people asked. It's still I mean, the, you even like have the answer and it's still kind of a mystery how those two dogs got together. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I got my results from Embark and was like, whoa, mind blown. Yeah. But it is a Chihuahua poodle, right? A Chipoodle. A Chipoodle. (laughs) If you want to give your favorite pup parent the perfect gift this holiday season, gift them with an Embark dog DNA test. Embark allows dog owners to learn more about their dog's health and insights and their breed mix with the highest rated dog DNA test on the market. Embark is an incredible tool for dog owners that screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across 350 breeds. That's more breeds tested than any other dog DNA test. 61% of pet owners plan to adjust their dog's routine or feel more prepared to be a good dog parent after testing with Embark. I definitely felt that way. It came back talking about actually the only thing to worry about with him is his eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing that is actually starting to go with him. Yeah. So it's so accurate. If you do get a serious health result, Embark will reach out to you and one of their experts will talk you through it. So how does the process work? It's so simple. You swab your pup with the cheek swab sent to you, mail it back in the provided prepaid return envelope, and in just a few weeks, your dog results will be ready. Plus, Embark can help you and your vet put together a personalized care plan for your dog. 72% of pup parents are puzzled when it comes to their dog's breed. It's time to end these guessing games. This holiday season, give the dog lover in your life something they won't expect, the chance to decode their dog. It's the perfect time to shop for an Embark dog DNA test. Right now, Embark has a limited time offer on their breed and health kit and purebred kit for our listeners. Go to EmbarkVet.com to get free shipping and save $60 with promo code TWILIGHT. Visit EmbarkVet.com com and use promo code TWILIGHT to save $60 today. At what point in this journey did you, I mean, it sounds like a pretty quick turnaround from the time you started to the t- time you, to the time you decided you wanted to go to Hollywood. Yeah, it was pretty, I think when I was around 16, um, I had kind of created relationships and done well enough that I said, you know, I think that I could do this and had a lot of people around me saying, you know, if you do really seriously want to do this, you have to go to, you got to go to Hollywood. Um, and, uh, and I decided that's what I wanted to do and change kind of shifted gears. My poor parents, because they initially, like I was in a magnet program, I was doing law, sociology, psychology. I wanted to go into like criminal psychology or, or criminal law. Um, and, uh, and then just up and decided I don't want to go to college and I want to move across the country and I want to follow this dream that seems crazy um, to to them. To me, it just made sense. Um, and part of that, I think, is is my youth and naivety because it is a really tough industry. Um, 
But part of it, I think, is like you, I can't imagine ever succeeding if you don't go in with that mindset where it just, you know, I, it, it just made sense to me. And I was like, this is going to happen and, and this is what I have to do. And so, um, kind of my parents set up all of these barriers, um, of, of, of entry saying like, well, you can't go unless you have a manager and an agent. And, you know, you, if, if you want to go, uh, you can't, the other thing was like, you can't do spring break if you want to go to California. And I was like, fine, no one cares. Um, they were like, really, you don't want to do spring break with your friends. And I was like, yeah, I could care less. I'd rather go to California. Um, found an agent, found a manager. And so kind of had everything set and ready to go for when I got to LA. And at that point, my parents were just like, okay, okay, like, you know, we told you that you could do anything you wanted to do in a dream big and we wanted you to have, you know, the best life possible. And so we can't really now at this point say no to you. And so they, it's like they did everything right, but kind of shot themselves in the foot at the same time. Because, <laughs> you know, if you tell your kid to dream big and, and they don't should know no barrier, you can't create one for them. Um, and so my dad was like, all right, you have a year basically, and this is your in-between because I graduated high school early to, to go out to LA, um, because I had all of my credits already. Um, so I was just kind of going to school for the senior year experience. Um, and so I left, didn't really tell many people that I was leaving. Like I just, I've always been, you know, I'm kind of, I keep things close to my chest a lot and you and sure that's, do. D- that stemmed from my childhood because I like at one point my friend saw my schedule and she was like, Ashley, why do you only have like a quarter schedule? I was like, um, I don't know. It's so weird. I must've printed it wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like, so you've always been like friends. this. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've always been this way. It's not, it, I'm not a product of my environment, like of, of this industry. It is, I don't know. I was born that way, I guess. This is the first time I'm learning this about you. I, there's so many moments I can think back to now between our friendship and this applies now where I'm like, aha, this all makes sense now. But the most current one being like, I'm like, you better tell me when you go into labor. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, but how am I going to know? You're like, it's okay. Like, it's not okay. <laughs> I know so many, honestly, like this was a, even my mom was like, are you, should I, can I, am I going to be there? And I'm like, no, it's just going to be me and Paul. Um, but yeah, to be fair, though, I got a message. Like, I think she was like fresh out of the oven and I got a video. I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's all of my friends. I was just like, you're not. And it's like a couple of people, including Mel was like, I'm just going to check in every day. And I was like, then I'm just not going to answer you for 12 hours at a time. No, but so you, that yeah. But you would answer eventually. And I'm like, she's not. Well, how about the first time you told me? Yeah. Like, yeah, something's starting. And I believed you. <laughs> I told Tom, I'm like, Ashley's in labor. We're doing this. We're doing it. Get the soups ready. I'm going to, it's like the whole thing. And you're like, I'm <gasps> just kidding. I'm like, I thought for 12 hours you were actually, I'm like sitting here waiting for the picture. I'm definitely a jerk because so many people (laughs) kept asking me and like, there's a, there's actually a website dedicated to where they're like, are are you, have you, are you preg or no, have you given birth or whatever? And then it's like a website and it just says like, no, or I'm not telling you, (laughs) but like so many people are like checking in that it becomes a, like, it's like a pressure cooker sometimes. So I was like, I'm just not good at, so when people were like, Hey, are you in labor? And I'm like, obviously if I'm in labor, I'm not going to text you and like, say yeah you might think that but let's not forget my labors um which was 29 hours and tom had a it gets very boring in that time if you're just like if nothing's happening and tom had a group of my best friends that he was messaging and you were in there and then when he finally came it was like everyone was probably on the other like 
Hallelujah. Yeah. She ours was like, I think ours was really different too. Cause like, you know, we did home births and, and so like, it was just like a very, like there was no, like we didn't travel to the hospital. We didn't have like protocol check-ins. Like it was just all very like organic and like, I don't know. And then like when everything happened, it happened really fast. And so, yeah, <laughs> it is nothing personal to anyone and everyone, but it was the same response to everyone where I was just like, I will, you will know whenever I have a baby. <laughs> I love that. And you did. And I did like right after I texted everyone. You sure did. So good to know that that's how you've been your entire life. Yeah. Everyone has been dealing with this for many, many years. (laughs) I I honestly appreciate that about you. Um, Okay. So now you're in Hollywood. I remember your mom helped you move out Mm -hmm. and did all the things at ripe old age of 17. What was it like being... I mean, I think it's... I don't even know what it takes to go and get your own agent and all that stuff. But... um, like, what was it like being 17 in Hollywood? Once your mom left, like, what did you do? I remember when I first got into my first apartment, I was like, get me out of this house as soon as possible. I sat there when everyone left. I'm like, well, now what do I do? I remember. <laughs> so like, it was really wildly exciting for me. Um, to, to Did be... you say wildly or mildly? Wildly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mild. It was like, okay. Was like... <laughs> no, it was very, very exciting um, to be 17. Cause like it, it is a thing where like you're 17 years old and, and you feel like you're an adult, um, and you're ready for life, which is like hilarious. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I was really excited because I was, you know, living my dream. And, and I think there's so many people who are going off to college and are so like, I didn't have, well, I guess I had a clear path for college too, but like so many people are uncertain about what they're going to like be or do. And I was like, this is it. Um, I have it all figured out. Um, so I, I get there. The, one of the first things I remember thinking about being in this like apartment was just like, oh man, like my parents really did a lot of things for me. Cause all of a sudden it was like, I was doing like, I didn't have paper clips or like extra pens or envelopes (laughs) or stamps. And I was like, where the frick is all this stuff? And like, you're just so used to, (laughs) to your parents having it at their house. And so like you have access to their whole world. And so for me, that was like, it's kind of funny to think back at, but I was just like, oh, I don't have any of these things. I have to now take care of myself completely, uh, which I thought I was already doing. And I also remember being like, I shared a two bedroom apartment with three people. So I shared a room with this girl and then this like Russian guy, um, who were also with the same manager. And, uh, Uh, and I had like a twin, like a jankety twin bed, um, with like the metal frame and like a mattress on top. And then like some of the, like, they like pull out, like basically like, I don't know, target, like organization furniture, like the clear mm, bins, like that was it. And I was so happy with that, that minimal amount of things that I had. And like, I would make, I would basically live off of like, two, at that point, it was like two for $3 or two for $4 was like lean cuisines, which is like laughable at this point, especially <laughs> with inflation. But like, I would buy loaves of like the French bread for like a dollar and then like put like butter and honey and like bananas on. Like, that's what I lived off of, which is just like, again, crazy to think about at this point. Um, but I was so happy and I didn't need much because I had this, you know, this dream in front of me. And so I don't know, for me, it was really very magical in, in the beginning. And I was taken care of in the sense that like my, you know, I was lucky enough that my parents paid my rent for the first year, uh, in this like apartment in Glendale. And so I just had to handle acting classes and like food and, you know, 
those types of things, which is totally manageable. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was living. How did you make money to do that? I worked a lot of jobs in LA. I worked at, (laughs) gosh, I worked at like some random clothing store, which like turns out I'm a horrible sales associate. Like I'm just like, (laughs) leave people alone. Like if they want it, they'll take it. Um, so that didn't last long, but I worked at CPK and then I worked at a bowling alley, Lucky Strike. I worked at the Roosevelt Hotel. I worked at Belmont. So I worked a lot of different jobs, but they all paid pretty decently and enough. So like, if you don't have to worry about rent, like you can make like $5 an hour and and survive, especially if you're eating $2 lean cuisine. (laughs) Right. So I was, I was doing it, uh, the first year. And I had a lot, like I, I got there and started immediately auditioning. Um, and you know, had the agent, had the manager. And so I was kind of preoccupied. Like I didn't really, I, I think have a chance to, to get super homesick. I do remember getting aggravated at the things that I didn't have that were home that gave me that sense of home, like the Southern, like, like if we didn't, there's not really grits here, which really pissed Mm. me off. I was like, mom, I'm in the grocery store and there's no grits here. And she's like, that's your problem. Um, great. (laughs) Good for you. kid. You're doing, yeah. Uh, they didn't really have sweet tea here. And I was like, what is this? What is this Los Angeles place that they don't have Southern comforts? But yeah, and this is where your love for country music comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> even though I'm still trying to get my husband on board, but uh, I don't think at this point it's happening. You never know. You never know. He'll go, he likes like, he's like the, like he likes Luke Bryan and he likes, who else does he like? Blake Shelton. He can now, he can now recognize when Blake Shelton's on the radio and it's, he's like, babe, this is Blake Shelton. I'm like, you're so cute. We met Garth Brooks and he was like, he's the goat. So he has appreciation for certain country artists the older ones are definitely some of the prime ones like um johnny well, I'm cash like, i'm well, that's farther back where i'm like george yeah. Strait, brooks and dunn george Strait, give it to me i've been to the bryant luke bryant concert in vegas it's phenomenal well we'll we'll just have to tag team that maybe yeah <laughs> we'll get there With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to think like a profiler from John Douglas, improve your personal branding skills from Kris Jenner. Or what I'm particularly excited about would be Gordon Ramsay. Mm -hmm. Saw that coming. Yep. (laughs) And also Mindy Weiss on wedding planning. I know. Who planned your wedding? She's, guys, if you're going to take a class, take from Mindy Weiss because she's a genius. Yeah. And I love planning weddings and cooking. So here we are. This is good. This is good for all of us. With over 180 classes, from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Um, so Chris Jenner, I'm really excited about because I just think she's a genius. Um, and when it comes to personal branding, I think no one has done it better than her for herself and all of her kids. And grandkids, um, yeah. Yeah, so, and and obviously I am... I consider myself a brand. So I think that one's going to be really, really insightful. And then also completely different like side of things, but... Uh, learning how to think like a profiler, the mom in me is like, yes, give me that course so I can know all the shady people walking around me and keep my kids safe. I highly recommend you guys check this out. This holiday, you can give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash twilight effect today. That's masterclass.com slash twilight effect. Terms apply. Any stories about like, I know you didn't do much before twilight, but what what did you do before Twilight? 
Um, I had a lot, a lot of auditions. Um, a lot of no's, but it, the no's didn't hurt as, as bad because it was so also fresh and new. And like, I realized that I was what they call green. Um, meaning I was very new. Ashley and, green. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, it, it was true on so many levels. Um, and so for me, I was auditioning a lot. I wasn't booking a lot, but I was getting good feedback each time so that I felt like I was progressing and I was taking a lot of acting classes. Um, and then by the time we got to Twilight, I had started kind of, I was booking consistently, but really like small roles and, and smaller things. So like day player roles, which means you basically go in for like the day or like two days of an episode of an episodic, like a CSI. Mm. Um, so like I would basically book the role of the girl who dies, um, or, you know, gets questioned by the police or, or whatever. Um, and so that was, that was all pretty exciting to me. I was booking really small roles, um, and movies with pretty great actors. And, and so kind of, you know, progressing, but definitely like the fact that I booked Twilight at the point in my career that I did, uh, was, you know, it's like an LA dream story. Like it doesn't happen very often. Like it was very, um, obviously it was, completely life-changing and, and, uh, I wouldn't have got it if I didn't believe in myself and I wasn't progressing the way that I did, but it was, you know, to get something like that is crazy. It was crazy for all of us, people who had worked consistently or not. Yeah. How old were you when you went for the audition? Uh, 20. Okay. So you'd been there about three years, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a pretty solid progression. Yeah, I know. Like I do remember everything, like things happened in my, I had a lot of like hyperspeed moments. Like I remember when I first, when I got to LA, one of my first auditions, even though I was still super green, I auditioned for the soap and I got, um, callbacks immediately, which are basically like when you go and you audition, they call you back in if, if they think that you're maybe right for the part. Um, but they're not just going to book you off your first audition. So they bring you in a couple of times, um, to kind of feel you out and see if you're right for the role. And then, um, pretty early on, I went to New York and I tested, uh, for one of the the shows and didn't get it obviously, but like, there are things that happened that I was just like, it, it solidified to me the fact that I was where I was supposed to be. Um, even if it didn't mean that I was like consistently working, like I still, you know, I still had a job up until I booked Twilight. Like there was no way that I could support myself on the jobs that I was booking pre-Twilight. And had you gotten a different, bigger job, not obviously Twilight big, because there's not much that's Twilight big, but that might have, you know, held you back or not put you in that path. So Yeah, that's true. They wanted like relatively unknowns. Yeah. Which was, there was uh, a lot of things working in my favor for yeah. Twilight. <laughs> I mean, not even just that, if you book something that like clogged up your schedule and you had already signed all the, you know what I mean? Okay. So at what point, I know you went to acting class with, um, Kellen, right? Well, Kellen and I had the same agent. That's what it was. Same agent. So we are at a place called KSA. And that's uh, the agency. Okay. So I wish I would have asked him this part too, because now that I'm understanding that you first moved in with two people in the same agency where they just like plopped you together. <laughs> yeah. So the, like I wasn't the, at Kellen. <laughs> uh, well, Kellen was the agent. The other people were the manager, um, which is oh, like I kind see. of laughable. Like, like I did not need an agent and a manager <laughs> when I first moved to LA, like there wasn't much to manage. Um, but 
grateful that I had it anyways, but like, you don't, you know, at that point, like I, I didn't necessarily need both. I could have done with one or the other. Um, right. but it didn't really matter cause I wasn't making money. So I wasn't giving away percentages anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was great. Um, but Kellen, we were at this place called KSA and, uh, they would do like bowling nights and like have all their clients meet, which they don't really do. Like you get to the, I mean, the bigger agencies and like, they don't do that. They have a billion clients and, um, you'll maybe meet at like a Oscar party or something. But, um, but for this, they, it was smaller. And so they, they had us all meet each other and Kellen and I became fast friends and, you know, the rest is history. The rest is history. So moving forward now, you've, you're in twilight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you've talked about this a hundred times, but in the most detail possible, like, what was that momentum and the craze like in the very beginning? And I just wonder if at any point you felt scared, concerned, um, maybe made not the wrong decision, but at any point, like, like, what did you go through there emotionally, internally? Um, in the beginning, it was just like a crazy whirlwind. Like the first one, I think we were all just like, what is happening? This is super cool. Um, and then, you know, as things progressed, it got a little bit more, got a little bit more difficult to navigate because you're, you know, we're all super young and figuring ourselves out still. And then to do that while being part of one of the biggest movies in history, um, it puts a certain amount, all of a sudden there's, there's pressure and you are becoming a role model for people and, and every move you make all of a sudden holds weight to it, um, versus having this kind of, you know, freedom and excitement about my career and these auditions. So for me, I think that was like one of the toughest things for me was that all of a sudden I, (laughs) it took me booking this massive, film and this massive franchise to start feeling like I didn't belong here, which Mm. you would kind of expect the opposite. Um, but all of a sudden I was just like, Oh, like, do I even deserve all of this? And all of a sudden I like desperately wanted to go to an acting Academy and my team was like, no, 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 we're going to hold on to this momentum. Um, but like all of a sudden just felt like I needed to have gone to like Juilliard or something. Um, you know, or an art school to, to feel like I deserve the amount of success that I was getting. Um, which is really unfortunate because I wish I would have just, you know, enjoyed it a bit more, but, um, I think that's natural though. I understand like everything you're saying from that feeling in, in yeah. my own way, very different way, but nonetheless, I understand that feeling. Well, you want um, to, you want to have earned it. I think there's something like I get asked all the time if I audition or I get offers and they're like, Oh, you get offers. That's so cool. And I'm like, it is. It's great. I'm thankful for it, but I would almost rather audition because then mm. I know that I earned the spot and that like I'm going to show up and do the job that the director and producers expect and, and and want to see versus them just offering it to you and then getting on set and then there's like this insecurity that creeps in where I'm like, wow, what if I'm what if my read is totally different than what they had in their head and like you talk to the director and, and go through stuff, but it they're just there's something about earning it that makes you feel really secure in your position. I can totally understand that. I would have to imagine though that Juilliard or not, you have earned it. It's just in a different way. And it's exact way that they were looking for. They weren't looking for kids out of Juilliard. They were looking for, you know, 
Greenies, little Ashley yeah. Greenies. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like, and I can, and that's something also that comes with age. Like now I'm to this point where I'm like, oh, I have worked my butt off and I, I do deserve this. And I, I do put in the time and the effort and I do care. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when you're in the midst of it, it's there, there's a lot going on. And I think, you know, it's, it put this pressure on everything and like put so much, like I would go into auditions and then need to feel like I was perfect all of a sudden. And then I was, you know, and like created these expectations in my own head of what other people had for me. Um, And that took a lot of, of work to undo to just go like, you know what, like I'm going to go in, do my thing. Like if I have something that they're looking for, great. If, if not, then that's fine too. And I'm just going to enjoy the process and get back to to that space. So that was definitely, I think throughout the whole twilight process, the most, or one of the more difficult things to navigate. And then the other thing is just the, the press. And we touched on this with Nikki and Julia that like, we were a part of this when press was really nasty, um, to a lot of people. And so, you know, it was a little scary (laughs) of like what you said and what you did. And, and for me, feeling like I needed to be this like perfect role model for people was again, like a lot of pressure that you put on yourself that came along with the territory of Twilight. Um, and then there was all the really great stuff too. And like, you have these incredible fans and you have this career that everyone dreams of. And so it was, it was an insane time. (laughs) Do you remember a moment where like a specific moment or situation where that shift occurred, where maybe you did something and it got into the press and you just, you felt it. Like, do you have this defining moment of, oh my gosh. I think, you know, there's a couple of times, well, there was one moment was when my brother refused to walk beside me because he didn't want to be linked to me romantically. Like literally (laughs) was like, I'm not walking beside you out of this thing. And I was like, that is, I understand. (laughs) Um, but like, that was definitely like, I remember being a frustrating moment. And then all of a sudden it's like, you, you feel like you have to hide everything because, you know, you can't like, it's most people are able to like go on a couple dates, explore some things and then decide whether or not that person is a fit for them. But when you're in the public eye, it's like you're seen with someone once and like you're together. And then all of a sudden, if you actually are not, and then you're seen with someone else, all of a sudden you're like this harlot traipsing around Hollywood. <laughs> and and so, you know, again, for someone in there that's, you know, fresh out of their teen years, that's a a lot to kind of wrap your head around. And, and fr- like, I remember leaving my house one time to go see someone before they were leaving town and uh, a male actor. And uh, I ended up not seeing them because I was followed by so much paparazzi. And I was like, I'm not, I can't come to your house because then there's going to be a whole story and a write-up about, you know, how we're dating. And I just don't want to deal with that. And it's kind of unfortunate. So I remember that point. And then like, you know, there was a lot, there was the moment where like a lot of actors were targeted and they had nudes come out and I was a part of that. And that was like a really frustrating time for me because it's hard to understand why people would want to hurt you when you haven't done anything to them and seeing then all of a sudden, you know, the backlash that, that follows that, especially because I was playing Alice Cullen and had such a positive response from press and, and from the fans that then you kind of see that shift on it, on, you know, the flip of the switch. Um, and that for me was like a, a moment of going, okay, this is, uh, this is not something that I ever thought that I would have to deal with and that I feel like I'm equipped to handle. So that's that shifted. is, yeah, that's a lot. And how old were you when that happened? 
Uh, I think I was 21 or 22, probably. I think it was right after. So what what was like particularly messed up about it was like, I was right after I had won. It was right after Twilight released and I won the Fresh Face Awards at like the People's Choice or the Teen Choice Awards. Um, And then I got on the next day, we had to fly back to Vancouver because I think we were starting the second film. And by the time I landed, my phone was going insane from my legal team and my publicist um, because they decided to launch them while I was on a plane so that they couldn't, you know, there was, I couldn't get them taken down obviously while I was on the plane. And so, yeah, that was a whole, that was fun. It's a fun time. Like this is. And now, honestly, if it happened, like, (laughs) Mike, please no one take this as a, uh, as an open door. But I'm like, if it happened to me now, I would be like, all right, whatever, dude. You know, like it's still frustrating and it's still violating. Right. But like at, at this point, I'm 35. And I'm like, you know what? It is. You want to go do that? Fine. Like, I think at this point, everyone knows like we're all humans and like we have relationships and we're apart from our partner. And like, we're going to, you know, you're going to do things and you keep the relationship alive, whatever. Um, but <laughs> when you're 22, it was like the end of my world. Yeah. yeah. That's too young. My God. And had they just waited an extra day, they could have given you a fresh, different body part award. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Fresh I'm everything. just kidding. A fresh I mean, everything. Listen, now I'm like, you, you know what? It was my 22-year-old body. <laughs> God bless that 22-year-old body. No, it's I funny know. because Never now, back. I know, once you have babies, all modesty goes out the window anyway. So you're like, yep, that's my nipple. And, um, uh, that's my boob. And, uh, it, 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 like, a, and I didn't understand this either until having kids and breastfeeding, but I was like, oh yeah, like it desexualizes everything where I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Do my boobs offend you? Like get out of here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't get me on that category. My baby's life source. Yeah. Like when you're in a restaurant doing it and somebody looks at you, I'm like, don't you dare. I don't even. Don't you dare. She's eating yeah. too. Okay. <laughs> She's start. I mean, you can either listen to her scream yeah. or you can feel a little bit uncomfortable. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it would have been very different at this point in my life for sure. Well, already I'm love interviewing you because the burning questions have been fun, but this is like the bulk of stuff that we've actually never gone through the entire process. And sure, if I wanted to spend my whole life reading up on you. I don't, I still haven't heard some of this stuff, so it's fun. Um, moving forward past Twilight. I mean, I know you've spoken about what it was like. You've actually spoken about in depth what it was like once Twilight ended. Um, moving forward in your different roles, do you feel like you bring Alice with you? No, I think the opposite. Um, Mm. Because she was such a huge part of my life uh, for so long, and she's so specific to Twilight, um, I think there's not like I always try. And you also like try, and there's something like, you know, it was incredible to go back and, and relive and like recreate this character year after year after year. But then everything you do in between there, you really want to separate yourself and create something new. Um, and so I think I kind of kept her in her box and I think there's also something sacred about Alice Cullen to me. And so, um, I didn't want to like deviate from, like, I didn't want to like take her and then like, I don't know, like deviate from who she was. And so it's always very, very different from Alice. That makes a lot of sense. I cannot for one second 
imagine even through this process what it would be like to be an actress and actually rewatching your our live event mm-hmm. um i had the chance to see that experience from a different lens and it was so interesting because i obviously know you very well we're very close but for the first time ever as i was rewatching that i watched you put on like your actress hat and mm-hmm. your entire persona, like the way you carried yourself in your face, I mean, it just totally changed. You were not just messing around. You weren't playing around. You were in character. And I mean, we don't even talk about your career when we hang out because our friendship just is has nothing to do with that. But it was really, really, really interesting <laughs> to see. So what a perfect time to now be able to interview in this way. But Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was really cool. I was like, wow, look at that. I was watching it with my mom, actually. <laughs> and I'm like, you can see her totally shift into Alice, um, Bella. Well, it was, the, it was the Bella part. It was so interesting. It was really cool to see. I'm going to bring you in the room when I like break down a character one day. <laughs> So you can see the madness. My Paul actually says, like, I didn't, someone asked me something and I was like, I don't think so. And he was like, oh no, you bring your characters home with you. I was like, really? So he experiences that too, where like, it's, it's like a little like residual character that stays if I'm like in the middle of a film, especially if they're a heavier character that he likes. That makes sense though. I mean, this is obviously worlds apart, but on the days, it's an energy, isn't it? On the days where we've filmed a podcast, an episode, I come home and I'm like, you know, because I'm like turned on in the studio. <laughs> and then I come home <laughs> I'm and I'm like- hyped up on Red Bull. I'm, I'm not Red Bull, but coffee. And I just, um, you know, our banter's turned up, like the whole energy is turned up. So I go home and it still comes out. And it's like, it's Tom's funny. Like, I, like, Whoa. I know, like coming in, shooting- yeah. Coming in hot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's uh No, it um, is. It's like you do turn it on to a certain degree. And you're still yourself, obviously, but like it's yeah. a different version of you. Yeah. Which is to some extent acting, maybe. Yeah. 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 Who knows? I'll never know. Um <laughs> what is gonna, what is your favorite role to date? I think obviously, you know, it goes without saying that like Alice is is definitely ha- like on a pedestal. Um, but I really liked, uh, I played a character named Amanda Mason in a show called Pan Am. And uh, it was one really, really fun because she, I love anything period. Um, so it was a bit, like we got to, the clothes were like all, they, they were incredible. They were incredibly uncomfortable, um, <laughs> but they were, <laughs> but it Those was like the best ones. Like, we had like the pointy bras and the girdles and like the stock, like it was like impossible to, to use the bath. They were like, don't just don't drink water because like going to the bathroom was like a whole like 10 minute affair. Um, but, uh, it was just like really incredible and, it, and the hair and the makeup, like it morphed you into this time. Um, so I really love that. And she also, um, was a lesbian in that time. And like it eventually came out in the, um, within the the storyline um but it was a it was definitely like a cool color to bring to the show in that time and then to bring in that perspective so i really enjoyed that character um and then there was a character named michelle burkham that i played in a movie called skateland which was like one of my first movies that i did apart from like during a break of twilight um and there was just something very like organic and uh 
innocent about the character and my portrayal of her that it's like, that's one that I can look back on. And I'm like, oh my God, bless your heart. <laughs> it just, it was a really uh, incredible, like a, it created a really incredible memory bank. So part of it is like sentimental because of the the bonds that I formed with the people. And part of it was the character. I need to go back and watch some more movies in my life. <laughs> I just said the same thing. I was like, dude, I got to catch up on some movies. I mean, it's just so funny how like, I feel like such a bad friend. I haven't seen half your movies. Am I a bad friend? No, my parents haven't seen half my movies. My brother has probably seen like two of them. So the same thing with my husband. Like sometimes, which I don't care. Like I'm kind of like, it is, I definitely compartmentalize that part of my life. Um, So I almost prefer it because then we would talk about it and it would just be, I don't know. So awkward. (laughs) Not awkward, but like, you know, who wants to talk about work? I do. Well, right now I do because I come home and I'm like, oh my God, I was on that. I met this person. I did that. And it's, but yeah, he he listens very well, but he has not watched the episode. <laughs> he doesn't watch it. Wait, can That's I true. Just... I'll talk to you in real time while I'm filming. That's actually know, a really right? good point. Like I'll talk to you. If I'm filming something and we have a conversation, I'll tell you all about my day. If it's past and movies come out, probably not. Yeah. Um, can we just rewind back to when you were talking about how long it took you to use the restroom in your costume? I just think back to Heidi Klum. In her worm outfit. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, she's just incredible. Like, gonna be the most fun person. Like, <laughs> did not see that one was coming. There, but I don't was see there, any of her costumes coming. I mean, the worm was really out there, and that's all I could think about. I'm like, where are you going to the bathroom? Do you have a catheter in there? Like, how hard did you go to get she's into just this? Like a bucket attached. Oh my goodness. Anyways, I, that's all you know I thought what? about I when actually, you said that. Um, one of our award shows for Twilight, um, I had on this like, you know, Marilyn Monroe as dress. Like it was super like tailored and the bottom was tailored and I could like barely walk. Like I had to get up the stick, getting up the stairs to accept awards was like a whole thing. Um, but I real and it was like, it took two people to like suck me in and zip it up. It was like this industrial <laughs> zipper, zipper. I think it was a Dolce Gabbana dress. And, uh, and I realized partway through, I really had to pee and I get to the bathroom and I go to lift the dress up and like that dress is not coming up and I couldn't <laughs> unzip it because there was no way I would get it zipped again. So it was like the worst, like I'm in, you know, when you're like in the stall and like, you're like, I got to pee, but I couldn't. And so I had to like somehow <laughs> will it back up. And then sit through the rest of the ceremony without peeing. And I had to go up and down to accept awards on multiple occasions. Oh, we, my you know, We were goodness. winning a lot of stuff. Oh, I was just like, oh, please, God, don't don't just pee yourself. <laughs> oh, my like, But yeah, sometimes at this point in my life, I definitely think about, can I go to the bathroom in this dress while at the event? But I just didn't. Like somebody could hand you a cup? I don't think I could spread my legs far <laughs> Like I was taking like geisha <laughs> steps. Like it was very. Oh my God. Can you find <laughs> a photo of this so we can insert it into YouTube, please? Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. And the shoes at the end of the night, my feet were numb. It was like at a point in my life where I was like, suffer for fashion. Um, not, not anymore. I'll still suffer for fashion a little bit, but that was like next level. My feet were numb. I couldn't pee. Like I remember after the ceremony, like I literally ran, my house was super close to where they were doing it. So before the like after party part, I like we ran home and then relieved myself and then like had, I think I might've been with Katie, but had whoever zipped me back up 
um, so I could come back. <laughs> so. That's an amazing story. Oh, that could have been disastrous. Sure could have been. Yeah. I don't think Dolce & Gabbana would have been too appreciative. <laughs> they did it to me. They're the ones <laughs> who designed the dress. Well, that is... Um, that, I think that catches this up to date with uh, your acting career yeah. and all the fun bits in between. <laughs> oh, God. Done, done a lot. Lived a life. You sure have. And it's all been... Had a couple of snafus. Yeah. And it's always, it's always when they're watching as well. I'll never forget. Um, this was after we met when you try to get into someone else's car after the gym. Do you remember that? Wait, what? You were you were coming from the gym and you tried to get into someone else's car thinking it was yours, but the paparazzi was following you the whole time. <laughs> and it made like Everyone every major sure. magazine. Come on in. <laughs> um, oh, man. Also, there's, we were talking about the time that you and I both fell into bushes because there was so much paparazzi. That was my first paparazzi experience, actually. And uh, it makes you feel for like you look back at the Britney Spears of the world and you're like, oh, I should be like... People are really judgmental because they see her like do things or like with her kids or whatever. Um, and then you realize that like there's a swarm of, especially at night, there's a swarm of people surrounding you with these bright flashing lights. You can't see a damn thing. It's really like you're discombobulated until like you eventually kind of get used to it, but it's jarring, uh, especially at night. Yeah. You used all the appropriate words there. Discombobulated and jarring are absolutely... <laughs> accurate so, Mel and um, I took an uber to an event and a horrifying event. uber <laughs> like we almost i was like we need to get there like two minutes ago yeah and he's like i'm gonna get you there in 10 i'm like but it's 20 minutes away so yeah well he got us there in 12 and it was terrifying <laughs> um he's like is that a rent yeah i don't care I'm like jesus christ i mean i think we we're holding on for dear life and then once we get there and get out um that was my first experience. And I wasn't even expecting that. That's the funny part. Cause I don't, I don't think of you like that. I mean, even then I didn't. Um, and we got out and it was just like, clack, 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 clack with all the flashes. And it's like, Oh, Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. And then we held on to each other. You walked into a bush. I'm like, what the, it's not where we're going. And then we kept walking and it didn't end there that night. That was like, that was the paparazzi night. That was so insane. I mean, in, I've walked into a lot of things. I walked into poles. <laughs> I walked into bushes. <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising though, especially at night when all these lights and the flashing and they're crowding you. It's just so crazy. But then oh, yeah. I remember when we went to go leave, you're like, let's leave out the back. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a pretty good idea considering how this night started. But they were there too. And yeah. that was when I learned that the particular um, bronzer that I was using actually reflects <laughs> a lovely shade of like Oompa Loompa in their cameras. And not that anyone gives any damn who I was in those photos, but of course I'm looking at them and this is like my big non-debut debut. And I'm like, what is happening right here? Like, why does my face look like that? And the whole thing was just tragic. And I tried to find them so we can put them on here, but I think somebody down the line also realized that they were tragic and just removed them. Oh yeah. But. I have, a, I have a, there's a lot of people in my life who like used to ref, like my publicist being one of them, who's one of my really dear friends. She's like, I'm not walking beside you. And I'm so tired. Like she would be in the background of all the photos and she's like, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> it's tough. So it really sorry. makes you like second guess your entire life. Like, why did I wear that? <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Like you also, you know, when you're, when you're kind of accustomed to it, you're like, all right, you know what you're wearing is going to be photographed. Right. So like 
sometimes you care, sometimes you don't. Um, but also like generally put on mascara and you kind of, I think, you know, you hold yourself a little bit differently. And if someone is with you that is not accustomed to it, they, it's that's on me. I should have been They're like, like your sloth I friend. Like, I should have been like, oh just stand up straight and put your shoulders back. Oh my gosh. I'll, you know, I'll share one. Maybe they can put it up on YouTube, but we were leaving the, the Ralph's where they all wait for people oh, yeah. uh, down the street from your house. And we were, I'm like, what am I even wearing? I'm in like these floppy combat boots and a tank top with my bra hanging out and holding a freaking case of beer. And you just look so cute in your floral little one piece suit. And I'm just like, what not to do is right you there. Know, it was <laughs> there, but there's some, we could, we could get some good ones. There are some photos of me too. We're like, there was a point at which my mom was like, can you stop wearing your pajamas to the grocery store? <laughs> 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 me and Katie. Um, where she was like, you need to get it together. And I was like, well, we were probably very hungover and just wanted some of their mac and cheese and chicken. Honestly, I still do that. And I oftentimes think like I should make a little online series of what I wear to go drop my kids off and what they probably think of me. It's like, forget pajamas. It's like, it's like (laughs) tie dye pants with like a band t-shirt with a totally mixed match hoodie with like my hair hasn't even been brought. I mean, it's just like a mess, and, the, and it, with like green Crocs or something. And I'm like, I'm already Crocs out. Crocs really well, sealed the deal. Uh, yeah, well, they're green. And then I'm just like, I'm already out. Might as well go to the grocery store. And then a whole day happens, and I'm in this outfit. My Tom's parents call me Tesco special. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What? What does that mean? Tesco's is like the UK equivalent of Walmart. Oh, so they call me the Tesco special. Um, it's it's pretty special. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> Lots of exciting times we've had together. Oh, and yeah. uh, how many can we think of in this in this episode that are <laughs> appropriate? <laughs> appropriate. I feel like a lot of our stories just include like lots of like wine or drinks. And it was a time of unwinding and a time <laughs> of poor choices. Yeah. Like the time I burnt my nose on your barbecue. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it just went... It just like sizzled. I'm like, what the heck was that? I burnt my nose. We don't need to talk about how I burnt my nose doing that. And I'm sure there's lots of fun stories in between. But I mean, gosh, all four of us girls like lined up in your bed after a night and just like couldn't really move because we're all just trying to fit there and sleep and get on with our lives. Man. But like what what like good stories do we have that we haven't shared? Meeting Kellen. That was that was an experience for me. I oh yeah, tell your meeting Kellen story. I think we did. I think we did talk about that. But if we didn't, we all went to what is that place? Brendan's, right in Marina del Rey, and they were having turtle racing night, and they sent <laughs> oh, me out yeah. to do the turtle racing. And I didn't really know what it was about because I didn't really care. But they have you <laughs> bend over and pick oh, yeah. up either your winning turtle or put your turtle down, but you can't bend your knees. And I'm like, that's so weird. What does that have to do with anything? And then oh. as I'm bending over, I'm like, oh, I see. It's so everyone can see your bum. <laughs> and uh, everyone's hooting and hollering. And I'm like fully aware that Kellen is with us. And he's in his, you know, his cute hat, like his newsboy cap with the fingerless gloves. And I'm probably sweating out my hands and all sorts of other things. And I'm sitting here bent over with this turtle. And then we ended up at a yard Making house. A great impression. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, not that any. You know, I put so much more weight on it than I'm sure anyone else did. But 
This is oh, nerve wracking, yeah. man. It was well. Now it's telling. like then once you get to know everyone, you're like, oh yeah, we're. You're I know. Quite an right. hour later, we had our numbers in each other's phones, and we were, you know, eating and drinking all over again. The art house is a great time, but yeah. What else? That's basically it. We just ate and drank a lot and went to the beach. <laughs> Yeah. And ran into trees. It's so hard to like think because I'm like, I think like when you're in the midst of like living it, it's, you know, it all seems very non-eventful. So I just like vaguely remember us having a lot of fun. We have a lot of memories, but they include a lot of other people and I'm I'm not going to air out other people's dirty laundry or their their dumb 20s moments um they're good times <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe next time um but uh we certainly have a lot we have a lot of dumb moments on this show too <laughs> are they dumb or are they just they're just funny, funny. they're just yeah. fun it's us i mean it's like it reminds me of if somebody tapped into because oftentimes when we have a phone conversation it's like two hours go by and that's almost every single time until this podcast because we have more time together. But it just kind of reminds me of if somebody was like tapped into those phone conversations, what it would really look like. You're like, what are you talking about? What is happening? All the, <laughs> All the good stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know. And I'm a part of it. Oh, But honestly, that's what makes this podcast so fun. I feel like it's been... A really, I am going to be really sad when this is over. Because honestly, after this is done, we can just like pretend we have a podcast and just record our conversations and and just, uh, make them into reels. Put them out on the world wide web. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen yes, to ourselves. It's been a lot of fun. Okay, let's go into. Um, I think we should move on to our bloopers. We have more bloopers. We have some bloopers. That's um, exciting. The funnier moments of the show, um, which uh, I'm going to apologize in advance to people who are listening, the majority of people who are listening to this uh, versus watching it because there might be a lot of dead silence because it's the fact that me and Mel can't get it together. <laughs> <laughs> so we're either like gasping for breath or have our heads down or are crying or <laughs> something. With that but said, you should watch you the video. Could. Go watch this part on YouTube. If you've never done any of this on YouTube, now's the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think my favorite blooper was when we were actually talking about Edward shooting down Bella during their night together. Um, so <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> let's start there. Here is an extended bit of the moment, which you saw some of the blooper on the reel. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's but- tough. But to be fair, he's like, it's not because I don't want you. It's because I might kill you. <laughs> so uh, she's like, please try, please try. And he's like, uh, I don't think you understand the severity of the situation. Yeah, it's a tough situation. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Here things going through my head are so inappropriate. <laughs> I already know what you're thinking. He's like afraid he's going to eat her to death. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I, Yeah. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> it's like happening all over again. <laughs> oh my God. I'm actually crying. I just, I remember thinking okay. like, oh, oh God, it's going to go. It's going there. There's no going back. Oh no. <laughs> the worst part was, is I was in a dress that pulled up so short when I was sat in that chair and I was not sure. Like, <laughs> like if I was going to laugh so hard, I was going to pee. <laughs> oh my God. 
I was just like, and this is me holding it in. That's the best part. We just cut away from them, and now they're both crying. (laughs) Both crying. Both. I don't know why. I mean, it is funny. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of other people thought about this. Also, we're not the only ones. We can't be. Okay. I mean, the visual comes to mind. I mean, going to. They're like, how much of this do we have to edit out? Oh my god! Oh my! And why is her makeup all over her face? (laughs) Okay. Oh my god! It's just a clip of us crying. (laughs) No one wants to go out that. How long does this one go though? Because it just kept going. We were like under the table at one point, weren't we? I declined on auditioning for it, which I'll tell you about later. I also like am realizing watching this that like you know. How you're like, oh, I get that from my mom. I'm like, oh, I've seen her laugh so hard that she cries. And I'm like, oh, I look exactly like my mom when I do that. I can't remember. I don't think I've ever watched myself laugh so hard that I cried. And now I know that I look like my mom when I do it. Oh, my goodness. Feed me, Seymour. Ravenous Bull. It's like funny all over again. This. <laughs> this we have a very different podcast. Oh, oh my goodness. God. Um, okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that was fun. Okay. I think my favorite blooper is when you called yourself a ho coast, ho from coast to coast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am um, the ho coast. Yeah. From our finale episode. So let's take a look at that. Wow. That's I'm probably a lot of not exaggerating. Um, if I could not be your hoke, your hoke host, <laughs> you surprised yourself. You're my main hoe. Don't worry. I mean, <laughs> just knowing myself I in general. I was cry on this episode. This is so not surprising. No, not at all. If, <laughs> it's amazing. What do they call that? Freudian slip. <laughs> yep. Your hoe coast. <laughs> you love it. Oh my god. Oh, okay. oh I'm very Ooh. pregnant in this okay. one. Can't even tell. That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I can tell because my boobs are so big. Okay. Yeah, but they're covered. Okay. I think of something bad. I think of something stupid. All right. Um, I'm really trying here to get. <laughs> I like how we always we do that a lot, like the sigh or like the okay. Um, at the same time, we're gonna get it together. No, we're not. We're not. I really am. Can I stop coughing someday? I'm just wondering. Your co-host anymore? Or I never could. No, it's part of your court. Would you choose? Yeah. I need to get you a plaque that says Melanie. Twilight effect. Oh, ghost. Oh, yeah. I'll put it on my desk, which is the kitchen counter. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like bloopers are our everyday life. Um, <laughs> anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we have talked and talked and talked. This has been really fun, though. Um, a very nice switch up. Thank you for interviewing me today, Mal. This is this. It was absolutely my pleasure. This was possibly my favorite episode, if we're being honest. I hope people like it. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. I think so. We'll see. It's all the things they asked for. Yeah. Most of them. Most of them. Most of the things they asked asked for. for. Just remember that. Be nice to us. (laughs) Um, Okay. That is it for us today. Um, But next week, we're going to be back with some really fun fan content that you do not want to miss. So as always... Keep writing into us at twilight at castmedia.com if you have any questions for us, um, or you can leave a voicemail at speakpipe.com 
forward slash twilight and keep dropping us those ratings and reviews because it helps us out. And do not forget to follow and subscribe to the show. And again, I hope you loved it. We'll see you next week. This is your host, Melanie Howe, signing out. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone.